to MILF Talk, Make Your Life Fabulous. I'm Sophie Venable, psychologist, life coach, mother of two, and author of MILF 101, Make Your Life Fabulous. Whether you're married with children, single, divorced, or somehow all of the above, I am talking to you about life, relationships, and of course, whenever possible, sex. I love talking about sex. There you go. Although I hope this one's not like the last one with that porn addiction guy and his wife. (laughs) It's going to be. That was uncomfortable, huh? Yes. I'm joined by the very talented Hawaiian Todd Anderson, (laughs) husband, father extraordinaire. Thank you for being here, Todd. Oh, thank you very much. I wish we could play the theme to Hawaii. Yeah, me too. Yes, me too. If only I was Hawaiian. Wouldn't that be nice? I know you would tan better. That's for sure. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, he is ginger as ginger can be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the whitest person alive. (laughs) Yeah. So I know you are addicted to your lovely wife, but my question for all would be: Are you living with an addict of any kind? I was reading an article recently that was talking about like four absolutely insurmountable things to deal with in a marriage. And one of them was addiction. And I'm not sure entirely that I agree. And I don't know that my guests would agree either. I guess it depends so, on my hope addict. not. Yeah I, yeah. Hope, yeah, I hope not. So my um, guests today are a wonderful couple joining us again. He is the executive director of Alternatives behavioral health and lecturer at UCLA. And he's here with his beautiful, intelligent wife to discuss marriage and sex issues. Yeah. She is yeah, she is CEO and creator of Philosophies. That's with an IE, not a Y. Please welcome Sophie Jaffe and Dr. Adi Jaffe. Hey! Yay. So, you guys are still together after the last episode. That's all good. Yes, that's good. It all worked out. Got a little tense. Got a little bit. Got a little heavy. MILF talk no, has but, broken a right. lot of marriages. <laughs> yeah, no, really I weird. have not. I'm here to save them. Come on, people. I think just by the fact that Hey, babe, I'm going on MILF talk. Right, and that that's right cool. there has pretty much gotten Why me in not? trouble. Yeah. Why not? Well, she is awfully MILFy. Yeah, I no, mean, you're a lucky, lucky man. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I think I made that point clear. That was yeah. Yes, sentence. you did. You were like, I worked really hard to get her podcast. back. And yes, like, just so you know. She's spectacular. So you guys uh, have been very open and transparent with us and talked about um, your issues in your marriage with your sex addiction and then your discovery of uh, this addiction and then even a further discovery of it being deeper than you thought. So you were both in a position to run or rebuild, right? And we yeah. talked about, uh, we talked a little bit about how to recognize it as an addiction or not, uh, which is not black and white, of course. And you were talking to us about, Sophie was talking to us about um, sort of deciding the man you're dealing with, right? The partner that you're dealing with. Are they willing to get their ego out of the way and really do the hard work, right? So um, which one of you would like to start about just kind of the process and uh, I can, where I can you talk had a little to go bit first. about what our process actually looked okay. like. So um, as Sophie mentioned, there were, there were the initial part of it was actually really uncomfortable. And what I mean by that is it's not as if going into, I started seeing a therapist three times a week. Um, wow. We went to a couples group and uh, Sophie did some of her own work. You know, my sense was if it's going to get this deep, let's just go as, as hard as I could. I was still finishing my PhD at UCLA. And so... Um, and you're found out now. So yeah. you might as well, right? You and might that, as well just, it's probably the best thing that could happen to be honest, you. To be honest, all that, in. Yeah, yeah that, was, all in. that was part of my thing is I'm I mean, I, we were looking at residential treatment. I just literally couldn't afford it. Um, and so I did this outpatient treatment by our house. It seemed like I was in therapy every single day in one way or another because <laughs> we were couples therapy, et cetera. But I figured, let's just, let's go. I mean, um, I knew from my drug addiction that once you have the slate clean, it's much easier to just keep 
it clean than it is to kind of stay away from it and, and all of a sudden dirt starts accumulating. Mm -hmm. So so I was going to therapy on a really, really regular basis. Um, and part of what that included, as Sophie had mentioned, it's funny because we do the same thing with our clients, let's say, who want to learn how to drink responsibly. Because the thing about sex and when you struggle with it, the goal is not to stop having sex, right? It's not like if you, you, know, you struggle with cocaine and people go, well, just figure out how to not use it anymore. Right. And supposedly that's a solution. With sex, everybody understands that that's not a solution. I could argue about the other right. one as Food well. Right, food too, not the solution. Yeah, right. so it, it, exactly. You want to be able to. Yeah. Are you saying I should try cocaine? Well, I already gave you the meth from before. You gave so. me meth last time. Well, yeah, I don't. Good. I haven't done coke either. Should okay. I? Well, now well, I just well, feel well. like I'm enabling you with this show, <laughs> Todd. Like, are you going to ask I'm, all of my guests I'm for drugs? In my experimental phase. <laughs> I love it. Does your wife know? Um, <laughs> yeah, she does. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there were a bunch of different things. So first of all, I had to start sitting down and identifying what are my triggers, what are the things that are that are risk, risky Sorry. for me, etc. No, but it was heavy involvement in porn since I was twelve. I mean, mm -hmm. there were there were a lot of different things that were on the table, and so one of the things that our therapist really recommended was cleaning the slate for a month. I think right, he had talked about a full month, and what that looked like was no exposure to any of those things. And so no no sex, no masturbation, no porn, none of that kind of stuff for at least a month. I think maybe we went back to this a little bit later, but talk about uncomfortable, right? I mean, I want anybody listening right now imagining taking anything out of your life for 30 days, coffee, um, if, no. you, if you drink alcohol, any of those sorts of things, right? Um, that is uncomfortable by itself. But one of the things that was really good for us was it made us only focus on the work that we had to do. And so uh, I did that for a few months doing the, that intense level of a therapy. When I had found out about the most, when literally, and it's funny as I'm saying this, when I had found out about my mo my deepest layer of shame, we had started going to this couple support group that we actually go to to this day and we really credit with our, with our with um, a lot of our recovery, which are other couples where at least one of the couple is identified as being a sex addict and this sort of open place to talk where both partners sit in the same room and, and discuss what's going on. I bet a lot of people don't even know that that exists. Um, so, yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I didn't for well, the first eight to 10 months that I was struggling with this. And to this day, one of the things that Sophie and I have to do on a pretty regular basis is check in and make sure that we are being intimate because it gets away from you really, really easily. Mm -hmm. We're both very busy. We have two kids now. And so, you know, again, we do this meeting every Sunday and it's one of those opportunities where we don't do any of the therapy anymore. That's all done. Mm -hmm. But this couples group is something that we keep going to because it's an opportunity to take an hour or two out of the week to mm -hmm. just focus on us and our relationship. And I think what I've learned over time is all those things that I was ashamed of were either needs or, or perceived needs that I felt like I've had since the age of 12, 11, 13 when I discovered sex. Mm -hmm. But, you know, nobody in my family had a sex talk. I joke around that so I stole my dad's porn. That's how I got it. Like, to, to that was see, your sex talk. Yeah, sex. That, sure. Well, my, my dad's sex talk was at 2 o'clock in the morning one day waking me up in my room going, where is it? I reached out under the, the um, mattress, pick out the porn that I'd stolen from him, giving it back to him. That was it. That was our sex talk for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's my, not a very good sex not, talk. It no. didn't, it didn't teach me much. And the irony is my dad was an OBGYN. I love, my, I love my dad, rest in peace. But as an OBGYN, he could have literally sat me down. I could have had the golden ticket. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Like this could have been the talk. Yeah. But I got none of that. And so I was ashamed. You know, porn was a thing you do behind a closed door. You lock yourself up. And there was so much shame ingrained in it. And I had no opportunity to talk about it. Because even with kids your age, there's this bravado that comes up. Yeah. And, and so real. now I get this opportunity with a partner to 
really dig through 20, 25 years of shame, which I, I say I get the opportunity to, because at the end of all that, right, the process can be uncomfortable for 30 minutes, an hour at a time. But at the end of that, you get to live your life without all that shame that you've been carrying around for the right. last 25 years. Right. And that's given me a life that I didn't even know I could have, which is part of the reason Sophie and I feel good about doing this. It's not the most comfortable thing to talk about, but if it gets one, two, three other couples to say, you know, let me put down my guard and actually trust the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, with knowing all these dark secrets about me. Mm -hmm. They can get a relationship they they never even imagined when they got married. Has that, um, like doing that work and realizing that you have this sex addiction that's like a shame-based thing, has that changed your intimacy? Like just sex for you, has it? Is the shame gone or is it still there? Look, I wouldn't go as far as saying it's gone. Yeah. But I would say I'm on an ongoing basis getting rid of more and more and more of it. Um, and and again, I thankfully I found a partner who challenges me in that way. So not even just around sex, but gener generally in our relationship, mm -hmm. she challenges me to show up for the relationship on an ongoing basis. Well, and Sophie, do you feel like you can really let your guard down and open your heart and be intimate? Yeah. During sex at this point. Yeah. But more, really than, more, than, more ever. than ever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, you know, like I said earlier, it's on the last podcast. It's not all one person ever. It's like two little kids that are fighting and mm -hmm. the kids like she did this to me. She pulled me or what did you do to cause it? It's always takes two. There's something that I attracted from him. There's something about my sexuality that was damaged and and I was in an abusive relationship before I was with him. And there was, mm -hmm. I brought my own stuff into the relationship. And that so affected us. you owning, like you were yeah. saying before, how it was, you had it filed as all, as all his problem, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. you weren't, what clicked for you that made you willing to go, oh, I got to own my part of this dance? Because it's always two people doing the dance, right? Yeah, I think I just, I think we just hit rock bottom that last time. And I had no other choice but to join in on the, the process. I, he was seeing a therapist that he would come home and report to me all the things they talked about. And I was like, this is so great, but I feel like such an outsider. Why am I mm -hmm. on the outside? I want to be sitting in those talks. Like, I want to know every single detail. So he asked his therapist, and I was shocked that didn't come up to begin with. Like, why wouldn't you? And I guess it's just a confidentiality thing that the, the psychologist just was his psychologist. Mm -hmm. so, he, so I said, please ask. So he did. He asked the psychologist, can my wife come in? And so I started going to a few sessions, and then shortly, Thereafter, we were seeing him twice a week together, and it was the most powerful sessions. But it took a long time. It took a long time. Mm -hmm. to, and and that was the thing that no matter how much work we were doing, I needed time to just pass. I, I want to be clear about something. Yeah. Sophie used this term rock bottom. And I think the only way you know that you had hit rock bottom before because you've, re you've risen past it. My rock bottom could have been after that first cheating episode. I could have done that so searching, right? It could have been. Yeah, but you still had all those secrets. Uh, sure, but what that's I'm saying the problem. Is, but that was an opportunity. So, yeah, yeah. So, he had so, an opportunity. Yeah, that's to true. Reveal. You had an You could have revealed yeah. at that point. Yeah, what yeah. I'm saying is, but you were still holding it. Yeah, and together, what I'm saying, I think like, I mean, we all get to make a choice mm -hmm. along the way, and I'm not saying it's an easy choice, and I'm not saying you know when the appropriate time is or you can affect this some other way, but that level of shame could have not been enough for me, right? I could have mm -hmm. walked away from that relationship, from this relationship, and then sure. had to deal with that in some other way. And so I think you get to, at some point, you kind of get to ask, well, how much is enough, right? How mm -hmm. much suffering am I going to put myself through? And you get to, to some extent, decide that this is my rock bottom, right? right. I'm, I'm deciding I've had enough 
of kind of getting beaten over the head with this uh, fact. And Well, and it's interesting, and I, I don't know if this is true or not, but it seems like you had chosen a partner at this point that you couldn't really point the finger at. You couldn't say, well, this whole pile of porn that you just found, um, it's not really a problem. I just need to, like, ditch you and go find somebody else that will deal with it or that will never ask me or you know do you know what i'm saying like at some point you made made a you the two of you have like this work together that you were obviously meant to do it seems The the way that i look at it is in relationships you have you attract different people at different Mm -hmm. times there's no coincidences right and the ones that are that you're the closest to you're in that relationship for the maximum learning possible. Right. So he's been put on this planet for me, whatever that is, soulmate. I think we have lots of that. Sure. My mother, my father was were chosen for me for the maximum learning for me in, mm-hmm. in whatever area that is. And I can be the teacher. I can be the student at different points of our lives. But we, there's a reason that we we stuck together and we found each other to begin with. And I have learned so much about myself through his healing. And that was part of it was looking, what is it about me that's attracting this? What do I need to learn here? But he was willing to heal. And he was willing Whereas to Whereas for some people, the learning is in the leaving, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. For some people, the learning is in the sure. I actually am. We could have done this separately. We could have done this separately. Continually but I would taking have, the abuse. But we both would have had to deal with whatever the core issues were right. later on. Of with course. someone else. They don't go away. They don't go away. Right. Yeah. Which is but he was willing I, to do the work. Right. And you were willing to, to stick do the around. Work. And part that's of, what people, I, I think, has to under, have of, to understand. Yeah. Part of the reason I stuck around was I think I knew I was, this is something I have to deal with. So I'm either going to deal with it with the woman I've already been with for a couple of years and I'm about to have a baby with. Or I'm going to start <laughs> this all over again and really have to struggle with this with somebody new who I'm now going to have to re-experience all this shame with. So this was almost the easier way out as uncomfortable as it was um and i i'm not saying that is a is a bad thing i'm saying we have to we have to really kind of think through this process a lot and kind of mm-hmm. and, and say okay well this is the situation i'm in i can bitch and complain about how i got here and you know some people will want to listen other people will walk away but at the end of that story i still have to figure out what i'm doing after this moment and and is that going to move me closer or farther away from my end goal? And if my end goal is going to be to keep Sophie around, then I've got to figure out what to do next. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I could have blamed a lot on her. I mean, Sophie had mentioned coming back from an, an abusive relationship when we had uh, when we first met. Sophie was pretty uncomfortable with sex when we first met, and so mm-hmm. that led to a lot of struggles long before I was outed in any way. Mm-hmm. And I could have, and I probably did at some points in our relationship turn to that as an excuse. Sure. Like she can't provide me with what I want, so I'm going to look somewhere else for it. And I know there are guys listening right now that have Absolutely. heard that excuse and believe it, right? Well, my wife can't give me what I want sexually, so I'll go look for it somewhere else. I'm helping the relationship. Well, one other way to help that is to have that conversation with your wife and say, look, this is kind of what I need sexually. Right. How it do doesn't we, how mean do you're going to get it. Absolutely. But I think might. Put yourself out there. <laughs> put yourself out there. Can I you think, be uh, sexually? Can you be sexually addicted to your own wife? I'm, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Just question. I'm asking questions. I love I it. I think that's a it's a good point. It, it's a matter of knowing when to tell the truth for both parties. Tell the truth and stand up for your needs. Mm-hmm. 
versus being humble and softening. And it's that kind of. Well, it sounds like a tricky balance, too, because you have to it's you had to get your power. But at the same time, it sounds like you also had to admit to yourself where your shortcomings Mm -hmm. were in the relationship Mm -hmm. and what you weren't doing. What was I needing? What was he needing? Can I provide that ever? Can I even look at that? Well, I wonder how much of this on a lesser scale, let's say, for a lot of couples um, has to do with pathologizing the need for sexual variety or porn or um, even wanting to have sex more than once or twice a week. So because and because I would wonder after everything you've been through, right, if your girlfriend comes to you and is like, my husband wants to have sex like five days a week. What's your response? Is it like, well, yeah, he's a guy. Or is it, you know, maybe he's an addict or I mean, I guess I think that that's what so many people struggle with is the definition. And and also, if men are already going to be shamed for wanting sex, then where do they file that? They can't really win, right? Like, no, they're screwed either way or not screwed when they want to be. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if the partner isn't having enough sex and he's not, you know, he he he's really busy and distracted and doing a lot of stuff and so he's just tired when he gets home at 10.30 at night and has mm-hmm. to get up at 5 or whatever it is, a circumstance, then the wife feels the shortcomings and yeah. is complaining about the other. So it's like, here's what I think. When you said that, my first thing that popped in my head was there is no perfect. There is no relationship definition of what it should look like. When we first got together, before I knew any of this, one of the first things he said, which was so poignant, was there is no there's no rule book here. We are, we need to come up with our own rule book of what is right for both of us. So it's mm-hmm. about getting on the same page and being like, this is my sex drive. I feel like actually I, I'd like to have sex three or four times a week. Well, you know, I'm okay. I'm more like once a week, but let's just meet in the middle or I'm more like every day, but I can totally like see other ways I can please you or please myself or whatever. It's having a conversation. It's sure. having those difficult conversations that in the moment, like he said, are challenging and uncomfortable. But the minute you're finished with it, you feel so much better because you're on the same page. You're speaking the same language. And half the time you're horny after having that conversation. Right. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> you let your guard down. Because you're like, oh, yeah. I can actually tell you down. what I want and tell yeah. you who I am. Oh, and yeah. you want to make yeah. that happen? Wow, that feels so loving. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm attracted to you. But I yeah. think there is like a genuine terror and oh, insecurity that if you are honest about Especially oh, sexual yeah. things that you want. Yeah. Sweetheart, I'd really like you to dress up like a babysitter. Yeah. yeah. You know, right. a teenage babysitter. And Are you saying that to me home. right now? I don't know what you Yeah, mean. sweetheart. Will you be a teen babysitter, yeah. fella? And I'll come. You can wait on the couch and I'll come home but and you find know what? you. And... Once you, yes, in theory, and even going into that conversation, it's difficult. But I can speak from experience. I was a frightened little lost little cat. bunny i was a little lost bunny cat person <laughs> a thing. bunny cat yeah and i was in the corner That's and i was shaking sexy, and i'm cold. just saying yeah. <laughs> i have a new role Wait, playing scratch that babysitter thing ears can i get a visual yeah. on this in, an un- in the most unsexy way <laughs> i was a bunny cat. okay and <laughs> i was vulnerable and scared and i had been abused and i yeah. just was a mess i would cry when we made love and i I had no idea what was going on with my sexuality. And I had to also wipe the slate clean yeah. and learn what it meant to be a sexual person and own that and not be afraid of it. And God, it's kind of so amazing that you guys ended up it's together. It's like total amazing. wound attraction. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. But, it, you know, and we didn't Todd, know it at the time. No. Todd, yeah. You said this and it's so right. It's 
as Selfie was saying, what it is it is important to talk about. You mean that the bunny scared. cat fantasy is better than the babysitter thing? <laughs> Obviously, I'm buying the costume. You're totally right, right about that. I'm Please buying it tell online. me the teenager is 17 and a half. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the part about entering these conversations, it is scary. I mean, it's scary in the same way that when I was 12 years old, you know, looking at porn with my friends, it was only the group of five friends who knew that we were looking at porn. Everybody outside was not allowed to know that secret, even though they were all doing the exact same thing in right. their own secret. Of- right. right. So it's like built in secret and shame built yeah. in already. I mean, yeah. So much of it is shaming that literally, I mean, how crazy is it that talking to your future life partner about how often you want to have sex or how you like it is shaming, but what you like to eat or what movies you enjoy, that's totally normal conversation. Right. But that really intimate thing your you're supposed to be partner. able to do all the <laughs> yeah. time, that's like, well, And really theoretically, the one person that. that you're supposed to do it with. So what I was going to say, right. going back to the bunny cat, is I was that person starting out. And now I'm the person where I can I can own most of the time. Like, I'm as, I was pretty much as bad as it can get. And <laughs> now I'm at this point, and after everything we've been through, like then I was even, after all of that, it was like stripped away and stripped away, and I was so vulnerable. And now it's not that hard. It's so much easier to just speak up. And mm-hmm. you have to, again, you have to check in and get back on the same page. If a couple weeks go and we're not talking about it and I'm getting resentful because we're not having enough sex or I feel unwanted – where I just need attention mm-hmm. after we get back on the same page. And I just say, I just need some attention. Let's just go out for like the movies. Let's just yeah. go. I just want to be, buy me flowers. Like I just need something. Once you say it, or I want you to, Dress get, up I, like I, a I want you to rabbit. tie me up. No, right. I want you to tie me up and like, use your, like, like they did in 50 shades. Like I just saw the movie and I want you to do that to me. Yeah. Whatever. Like just, Oh, just talk use, about it. Just, just talk just about it. Just use better dialogue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you're going to do the right. Shades, if you're going right. to just use better dialogue. Just be better. Well, I've totally. been in that place, and, and my boyfriend knows me well enough now that uh, like there, there was one point a few weeks back where I just started to get kind of agitated. We hadn't seen each other in a while, and we were sort of like, I don't know, we'd like gone out to dinner with friends or something, and we're home, and we're sitting in the kitchen, and we're talking, and I'm starting to get irritated by everything. And he's like, honey, are you okay? And he's like, was there like a snag in the conversation somewhere? And I'm like, I don't know, let me think. And I'm like replaying the evening, I'm like, no. And I'm like, boy, I'm just, you know what I need? I need to be naked Mm -hmm. now, and I need to be near you, Mm -hmm. and I need to, like, that's it. Like, that's the only thing that's going to fix this, is if we're together. And it's like, all right, well, then let's go upstairs. So it's just that... you have to know yourself to know that I'm done. I, I literally said to him, I'm done talking. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, know, you just want to like, exist with them. I need some kissing. Well, I think, <laughs> and I think that's what it's about is if you are with someone that you trust, it comes down to trust. Absolutely. That if you can be that open. you're with someone that you trust, you can say anything. Because worst case, I say, no, that makes me uncomfortable, honey. I don't want to dress up like the babysitter. That makes me uncomfortable because it's a little triggering in this way and this way. But how would you like this? I'll be the massage therapist and I'll walk right. in and knock on the door. I love that one. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> you, that sounds great, too. I love that one. I'm not and limited that, to the I'm taking notes. <laughs> and to me, there was a lot of fear concerning if I ha- if I ask for needs or if he asks for needs, maybe he won't be happy with anything else. It's a lot more simple. Like he said, I'm happy with the massage. He moves yeah. on. Yeah, he moves exactly. On. He moved but on. to me, it's that like, is the wonderful thing about men. Yes. They all move yes. on. <laughs> it's fine. It's not about the babysitter. Use it's about to your advantage. We're right. We're it's pretty about- simple creatures. Right? I try to explain this to all women <laughs> that I know. Yes, we end up being pretty simple. Yeah, Yeah. pretty simple. It is. Yeah, it's not, and it's not seen to be afraid of. It's like he'll be happy, and and also sometimes it's not even about the sexual stuff. Maybe you were just looking for adventure with him, a mm -hmm. shared experience, and maybe that's what he's looking for instead of you 
dressing up like something like why don't we just go we haven't gone on a trip in a while let's just buy tickets to Hawaii right now and go for the weekend or whatever it is let's go out and do something spontaneous and let's adventurous. go bowling yeah let's mm. climb yeah. let's go rock climbing no. who knows I'm not I'll end up that. staying home and having sex I'll do some okay. karaoke though <laughs> Yeah, but I the prefer sex to rock right? <laughs> The point is just to ask and not be afraid. Right. And the worst case scenario, they she says no. Well, I think it's beautiful that you've gotten to this place together and, and pretty amazing. I would love for you to share, uh, if you can, I don't know if you're prepared, but to share some of the um, resources that are out there for people that are dealing with this. Sure. So on the, uh, on the sort of self-help, in the self-help world, to be honest, there aren't that many resources mm-hmm. for sex and love addiction. I mean, Sex, Love Addiction Anonymous and SAA, which is Sex Addicts Anonymous, are kind of the two free self-help groups. Mm-hmm. There are a slew of treatment centers nowadays. Um, I'm actually of the mind that unless unless you really need to get away because you, you need to kind of resolve immediate trauma, outpatient treatment is great. But as Sophie mentioned, find somebody who's an expert in this. This is not necessarily one of those things a lot of people are comfortable talking about, even within a therapeutic setting. Oh my gosh! And so you yeah. need to find a therapist. A lot of therapists don't want to talk about this. And thing. you need a therapist who's not going to be shocked by the stuff that you tell them because that doesn't really help your shame all that much. And um, and so you you really want to. And the other thing is, I I would say dedicate yourself to this. So you can read some books on this. Um, you know, Patrick Carnes is one of the guys who's done a, a good amount of work. But some people are really turned off by the kind of twelve step approach to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Finding somebody that you link up with, especially a therapeutic setting, we really love, like I actually said, our couple support group. And there are exercises available. I'd actually be totally down to put some of them online maybe with your help, Sophie. Great. Um, and it kind of intimacy establishing exercise. You know, one of the first things we had to do was when we weren't having sex, it's sort of like be naked in the same room together and touch each other in a non-sexual way, right? We get really so uncomfortable around being naked and sexuality and body. Um that some of those things can be really, really helpful. We can maybe put some of these sort of couple check-in and some of those exercises up online somehow. Great. I would love that. Yeah, we'll see if we can make that happen. Cool. So, okay. Well, um, thank you so much for being here. Tell us uh, tell us where to find you because you have your own website, I right? do. Yes. I uh, run and own a website called thephilosophy.com where we have lots of healthy superfoods and cleanse kits and all kinds of lifestyle yoga all sorts of great things there and i'm at philosophy mama on all social media and i have a youtube channel lots of yoga and fitness and delicious recipes fantastic will you share the links on my facebook page okay yes so we'll make sure that everybody can find you and hawaiian todd where do we find you uh, yeah, you can find me uh, at toddrobertanderson.com. You can go to filmpigs.com if you want to hear me make jokes about movies. Uh, as I said last time, I'll be on Hawaii Five O on uh, April 24th. And You're the Worst is back this summer. And all, even all this stuff going on. I spend most of my time on my farm. Uh, I'm raising uh, bunny cats. <laughs> so if you would like your own bunny cat, uh, I can sell you one. Uh, they're purebred. They're really fun pets. Very... <laughs> That's going to be the Halloween costume of 2015, I think. <laughs> the bunny cat. Yeah, I love it. Well, please uh, please like the MILF Talk page if you'd be so kind. And if you're on iTunes or SoundCloud right now, please click subscribe. If you like me, subscribe to me. Uh, you can go to my website, makeyourlifefabulous.com, where you will not only find a free workbook, but now you will find a free mini book about uh, divorce and 
handling your divorce consciously. Um, you're welcome to download that. So you can also find my book, MILF 101, on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And uh, Dr. Adi, we can find you. All we have to do is just Google yeah, Adi Jaffe. Fine. That's, I think that's and then Adi Jaffe is, is Adi Jaffe, bunny cat. Lover. Google. Lover. I, I think yes. that'll be on today. That'll be on. Starting today. <laughs> Starting today, we're going to start a website all dedicated all to place. that. Well, thank you both for being here and yeah. being so uh, transparent and sharing this information because I think that it could help a lot more people than we know. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for having us. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.